Sorry. Ben. Benjamin. There we're, is we're a we're recording a very podcast. I need you to, I need uh, you to head out. Who is uh, wandering around in the, in the in McGillicuddy's? Here, just so. a second. McGillicuddy's in St. Paul. We are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude and I want to be who you like me to but we both know I can't do nothing at all. much just uh just got back from kansas city i was there yeah. for a second consecutive week yeah slightly longer this time and a whole uh 33 hours as opposed to the 22 that we were uh, round trip last time that's so great so um spent a, spent a night even did you see any of the kansas city nightlife which i assume is just two homeless men uh <laughs> rubbing each other in the <laughs> rub each other for uh yeah, yeah they each, each one thinks the other one is uh, gonna pay them yeah, yeah. Yeah, not, unfortunately not. We did uh, we did go to uh, Peanut, the Peanut Bar in downtown uh, downtown North, uh, Kansas City in the, the Missouri is, side. That is a, a place where homosexuals congregate, or uh, not that I am aware of. But okay. I mean, it's, it's Kansas City, so it's cool. Anybody can, you know, we live in a we live in Trump's America. You can do whatever the hell you want. I'm down. I just thought <laughs> it was a gay bar. It's fine. Yeah, no, it's not. So yeah, so that's it. I just you know drove down and back with uh, three other dudes. Um, so it is a gay bar. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, spend. Yeah, I, I guess I should say I did sleep in a, a bed with another man last night. Okay. So yeah. Which so, man? Uh, Karazi. So Mo Karazi. How it, was it? Yeah, it was. It was all right. I I made sure I was on my side of the bed so I could face away from him. You know. He seems like a guy who's kind. Of, he like a, he's gentle but in control. You know what I mean? Like. The, uh, you know, the gentle part is correct. Um, he, but he was out of control. He's not really an in control person. I'm sorry. He's a very hairy Persian man. So you know. He's a very hairy Persian. Very man. hairy Persian man. That's the name of the podcast. Name of the episode tonight: Very Hairy Persian Man. We got it. Wow, we <laughs> nailed that hey, the first two minutes. We're this done. Good, we're yeah. done. This is our, thanks, guys. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been the Dave's I know. Um, okay, so so one memorable moment, uh, and it probably didn't happen on the field. Uh, you've probably burned that from your memory, but one memorable yeah. moment from trip down to Kansas City. Yeah, um, and probably the most the most memorable thing was uh it was two of the guys who were going down so bruce uh, mcguire and i were going down we've been to kansas city multiple times bruce has been down there i would say 25 plus times he's been seen a lot of games at uh at different iterations of uh the kansas city soccer scene teams parks um i've seen a few games there i saw the uh, mls cup in 2013 a few minnesota united games there so um so i've seen the park but both um the other two guys uh had not ever seen this was their first uh, away trip. Um, had never been to Kansas City, so never had Joe's Kansas City barbecue, and had never seen Sporting Park. So getting to experience that with some people who are big time soccer fans, had just never done, never done an away trip, never been to Kansas City, never done any stuff. So it's just a really cool experience to get to see someone experience that stuff for the first time. It like reminds you, like 
this is you know this is a game it's fun and people really enjoy it so yeah if if i can be like totally um sincere for a moment which i often am not um you know we we had the kids obviously they've come in and interrupted this podcast in fact already <laughs> tonight and um uh when we first had them it was uh it was tough having twins you know like it was just like it would be for anybody to have any amount of kids um and uh I am not someone who'd ever go on away trips or something like that. It's just not ever been my bag. I'm just kind of more, I work a lot of hours and I stay at home. And then when I do get a free moment, I either read or I, you know, it's very kind of like isolationist, but soccer in general and stuff like dark clouds and the away trips specifically have given me something to make a big deal about. I went to Portland um, last year, not this year, but last year, went to Indianapolis last year, went to Kansas city this year, never would have done anything like that for any other reason and honestly it's it's uh really enriching actually um it, it's it's the perfect amount of time away from this life to then <coughs> come back to it refreshed uh and uh it's great so if you've never gone uh try it totally recommend it's it it's great I, I was it was great i was just explaining uh to my wife that on the way down that um I knew there's a ton of people that were going down to Kansas City for the first time on the bus when we were, did the, the bus trip 10 days ago, and I hope everybody listened to that podcast. I thought you did a really good job and a tireless job editing a bunch of that audio together because that was broken up into many, over, many... Over 50 pieces, yeah. 50 pieces. There's, about, uh, there's a, over an hour that's on the cutting room floor of, of pure gold that we just couldn't get in. Um, so that was great, but um, it's really hard to you know experience that stuff with people for the first time when there's 40-plus people on the bus, and then there's... 100 plus people in the section we only had seven we had eight people in our section everybody but for four of us like it was their very first away trip people came from wisconsin you know minnesota <clears throat> to actually experience that with people is, is a really is a really cool really cool thing and even if there's only four other people going you know you toronto or new york or whatever like it's mm -hmm. totally totally worth it to yep. the camaraderie and all that so well, the Daves are getting a little misty-eyed here. I think it's time to get into the darker stuff. <laughs> now we need to start crying for a particularly good reason yeah, let's or cry. a terrible let's, reason. Let's cry for a different reason. Let's talk about the game that just happened in a segment we call What the Hell Just Happened, never more appropriately titled than uh, right now. Um, so the way we usually cover it, uh, this will be hard to do. We start we start with the tough stuff. Uh, Zeller, what is your best moment of the game? Um, well... As I mentioned, the best moment of the game was me getting the meat sweats from the Kansas City Joes that I ate, um, which was great. Um, it was like 95 degrees at kickoff down there. It was fucking hot. Um, but in terms of the game itself, I thought, and I, I, I honestly swear to God, I was writing my notes uh, offline before I saw I was able to get online and upload my notes to include your notes. They're very similar, uh, but it, that's because there wasn't a lot uh, in the game. So the biggest thing, and again, reading your, your piece of 55-1, um, before the game was really great, but they needed to press. Um, and when they, we saw it when we were, we were sitting at a bar out in outside of the stadium, um, and we saw the lineup for the first time. And, was, and Bruce couldn't believe that it was a five-three-two. I was like, he's like, Joe's not playing back there. I'm like, it's it's a five-three-two. And he's like, we're gonna get slaughtered. And we got slaughtered, but we actually played well for the first 25 minutes. We like maintained possession. We were winning balls back. We didn't actually have any shots on goal. I don't think in that first. In that first swift, maybe a shot on goal, but we definitely were creating pressure and, and creating turnovers, and so that is probably for me the easily the best moment of the game, other than my meat sweats. Other than the meat sweats, so yeah, I, I similarly I, I had indicated that the first 20, 25 minutes, uh, if you want to call that collectively a moment, which you know it's tough to do, uh, the press worked, uh, it, it really did. Um, mm -hmm. They were playing high. Um, 
I think that there, I mentioned on the 551 Twitter last night, there, there's other things, that, there's other dominoes that fall when you decide to play a high press but a five man backline. And that's that there's a ton of space in the middle of the field, first of all, which Kansas City exploited very well. Um, also, it's, it's very predicated on you winning the ball back and attacking positions. But when you do that, you don't always have the support there to do something interesting with it. So if you look at the passing charts, there's passes out there. But there's not a lot of passes in the attacking third because more often, if a guy got the ball, he was where he was gonna be, and he was gonna he was gonna run at the goal and try to take <clears> it on himself. So go yeah go yeah, ahead. No, one thing I was noticing, and I pointed out at the game yesterday, actually watching the game live. I don't know if people picked this up, pick up picked up on this, um, watching the, the stream. I don't know how the stream was or whatever, but watching it live um, when they were at least for the first half, when Minnesota was defending on in their in their half of the field. It was definitely the def the formation definitely was uh, looked like a five three two. Um, once we crossed the midfield, um, it looked a lot more like Joan pushed up. It was a lot more like a three four one two um, with uh, with I can't remember the, the the B team was out there, so the C team was out there. So <laughs> right, but yeah, but it, but Joan pushed up and was attacking um, was attacking and it was defending um, when the Kansas City was trying to push um, uh, up the up the right flank. Um, Joan was there at, at the half line. You're trying to meet balls and attacking balls, at least for the first 25, 30 minutes of the game. So right. it looked it looked a lot more like a three, four, one, two when we were attacking, and a five, three, two when we were defending in our in our right. end of the end of the pitch. Well, that's and that's pretty common of a five, three, two yeah. that those fullbacks are going to get involved a little bit when you get on the attack. But the pri- and, and in general, both on the attack and in general, it tends to kind of collapse into a. I don't know a sideways C. You know the the, the flanks tend to cap, uh, cap in, and and what that ends up doing is is really making space for a diagonal balls on the the flank yeah. then too. So and and we got picked apart all day, especially on our left side uh, with that kind of thing too. But we're talking about best moment. The best moment is that we uh, made things real difficult for him for 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah. uh, it wasn't sustainable, and Kansas City uh, uh, adjusted well. But for 25 minutes, it looked like our B team might be able to grind out a zero zero draw, which was our hope. But Let's talk about the probably the easier question, harder to talk about, easier to answer. What was your worst moment of the game? Well, um, obviously, that collision between Greenspan, I believe, Espinoza um, on a uh, free kick that resulted in Greenspan, and it was because it happened, it happened um, almost right in front of us on the other side of the pitch. Like it was, we, dark ones are right there, and you saw on the replay. We didn't see it necessarily right away, but. Once they collided and the play, play kept on, Greenspan wasn't moving at all. And the fact that the, the referee let that play go on for as long as he did was absolutely fucking terrible. And Ibsen apparently was giving the referee the what for after the game about why, like, letting the play go on for so long. Um, but watching the replay, um, Espinosa, that's a clear elbow to Greenspan's head. And if, if there's not any sort of open cup uh, suspensions, I would be very surprised. But, you know, who knows? Um, I know that it does. I don't believe they can, can is it mls who's, who's no it's not it's it's actually it would be from open cup competition right yeah like <clears> like Quinn dempsey's still banned for <laughs> for his, however long his yeah stupid stuff for, that what did he do so. what did he do tear up the uh referee's book or yeah something tear like up that? the referee's yeah. book and like yeah what like six genius. games yeah, no. yeah what a dumbass. <laughs> Uh, you think about it, like uh, if if you don't have a lot of success in the Open Cup, that could be like half Years. a decade's yeah. worth of. T- so, what a th- so that was. I mean, that's obviously that's obviously the, the worst moment. I mean, in a more lighthearted note, um, again, Icopara fucking punishes Minnesota, and again, Minnesota had sustained the sustained some pressure. 
they were absorbing the pressure of Kansas City. They were getting to the almost to the halftime and in almost the exact same moment, not four minutes earlier. I mean, no. still in still an actual you know proper first half time. Um, Eichel Parra on a free kick. Um, just he's the best jumper in the league, and the fact that we had uh, Lurch, uh, Joe Greenspan out there, and we didn't put Lurch on the like the like the guy who's like running around like six ten on the the best jumper in the league. I think every time we quote Greenspan's height, it, it's a little longer. Yeah, I've heard six six. I've heard six six commonly. Called. I don't know. He's he's he's, he's a big old guy. He's clear like walk when we like when watching the first half of the game, he was clearly. Off, like a foot, almost a foot taller than everybody else on the field. Like he looked like, a, and he was very lanky. And, and I, you know, I, we wish go Joe Greenspan the best of best recovery and all that. But guy looks like Lurch, and the fact that Lurch <laughs> wasn't on him, um, and that Brent Coleman was like, of course, Michael Parr is going to get his head on the ball and put that in the back of the net. It, it, it you know, goes without saying. Yep. So. I had the same moment, and uh, my comment about it was, well, you can't high press a corner kick. Uh, and you know, so they got that opportunity. They took advantage of it, and then after that, it was uh, the floodgates open. What was your most what the fuck moment in the entire game? Um, there have there has to be a few. Yeah. So <laughs> honestly, for me, it was that Espinoza, that Espinoza dive in the first half when that was took, bad. He took three steps and then fell down. Gerso <laughs> had a bad dive too. Yeah. That, yeah. I think it's a Kansas City feature of this. Yeah. Point. So in the the twelve like the twelve thousand Kansas City fans that were they were up in arms and thought that that was a, a penalty and even when they watched the replay they were just like, what the fuck like yeah, I'm I like love that. and I turned the ones that the people were sitting next to us I was like, you really think that that was that was not a dive that he right. not should have probably been he yellow lit carded a cigarette for that dive? and like stood there for a moment and yeah. then fell down and then um so that was a, that was pretty what the fuck and then for me the other thing was what the fuck was uh I mean Casey played a pretty aggressive lineup like they only have one or two non you know non-starters out there what the fuck was peter vermees doing bringing in benny failhaber after the greenspan concussion and they were up and it uh, like seriously that's a dick move by a dick that's a that's a that's a boot to the throat isn't yeah. it uh i would need to double check their lineup i mean if a guy if a guy he's replacing has a knock or clearly is is winded or something like that, and you don't have an obvious replacement. I could see it. I I'm not I'm not saying yes or no. I'm just saying I don't know. Yeah. But I but all other things being equal, if you bring them on there, it's just pissing on our graves, and that's yeah. that's pretty tough. It's a dick move by a dick. Right. So uh, let me throw this one out there for what the fuck moment. Um, not because I think it was wrong, but because it surprised me, and I guess I'd never encountered it. Um, you probably didn't get the full gist of this because you're live and there's some things that's easier to pick up on than others. Um, but there were only four minutes of stoppage time in the second half, right? Yeah. Certainly their Greenspan is out 10 minutes, but the, 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 the referee there actually consulted both head coaches of the other team and yeah. said, Hey, what do you guys think? Yeah. We, you're clearly getting your asses whooped. <laughs> we call this a night and then both coaches consented. Now I, I get it. And trust me as a Minnesota fan, I was as eager to see the clock run out as anybody, but I didn't know. I mean, I guess I know there's discretion, but that's, that's a wild discretion. That's a, um, it was, it was interesting. I, yeah, I, I don't know what the right word is. It was interesting I mean, to me that that's a thing. We upon we thought that that was probably what had happened mm-hmm. because like we yeah clearly there's it was the sideline reporter had confirmed she overheard this conversation consulted both and they both said yeah let's get this shit over with because yeah Greenspan was Greenspan was out cold on the field for ten minutes not alone like any of the additional Correct. time to get him off the field and all that <laughs> plus all the other this the game did cards. not need to go to 105 minutes. yeah the yellow cards and all that I mean I yeah. clearly think yeah if if Minnesota had been in the game they would have played out the entirety of the time. 
Um, I don't think anybody was terribly shocked by that, even in the stadium, that they only played four minutes of stoppage time. Mm-hmm. Just because I think everybody just wanted to get the fuck out of there and go home. Well, that's the magic of soccer, too. It was so too, like. goddamn hot. So. Right, right. <laughs> and the, the, the outcome was a foregone conclusion at that point. I try to... Um, people who watch soccer with me for the first time, sometimes they're like, well, the ball went out of bounds there. Why isn't it two inches that way or two inches that way? They, they just they're, they're, the, the subjective nature of it is very alien to people who aren't used to soccer. And the fact that a referee can take that kind of um, uh, leeway and that, yeah. that a pro- you know, it's something that, again, is foreign to people. And I guess maybe sometimes I got to get caught up with it too. There is a ton of referee leeway in a lot of ways we don't always think about. Yeah, so. absolutely. But that was that was the right call, and it and it leads perfectly into the official. I'm sorry, the match official rating. Uh, How do you think he did? <clears throat> um, he uh, was below average. Uh, he was definitely. Um, I mean, he definitely played. He definitely looked, and that's partly because of that. Partly because of he allowed the game to get super chippy, um, especially. After the Greenspan, like I really, I for one appreciated Mark Birch's hard fucking tackle. Um, after that, uh, and you know, subsequent the subsequent card, um, uh, he definitely he definitely like let the game get chippy in the end. I mean, he, I think part of it too was he was actually calling, he was actually calling quite a few, um, uh, blow a few, blow a lot of few, quite a few whistles in from in Minnesota's favor at the beginning of the game, and I don't think that was for lack of or for trying to make the game even or cheap. I think it was just Kansas City is a really cheap fucking team, and. Um, so, yeah, I guess long story short, I think it was he let the game sort of get out of hand, and that is that's not what caused the Greenspan thing. But after that, especially, you gotta you gotta control the game, especially in an open cup. You gotta control the game. That's fair. You know, I made a I made a comment on the basically observing the same things, but on the other side, saying that it, it, generally I like to see a referee let things play out. The only exception is when it, it's it goes beyond game fouls and it becomes again that that over physicality, that chippiness, which is a word I hate by the way, chippy. I would never yeah. fucking say that word. Why yeah. do I feel inclined to say it around soccer? Uh, anyways, but um, you know that kind of stuff needs to be curbed. But where the gray line is between you know tactical game fouls and um, fucking fighting, I don't know. Yeah. But I, I thought I thought he was okay. Um, there were some things, for instance, uh, uh, Brent Coleman had a number of fouls and they started to add up and there was, uh, uh, the referee specifically warned him, you've got a yellow coming for, um, for persistent infringement and stuff. And, and I like that kind of transparency. I like the conversation and generally I like play, uh, referees to let it go. So th- there were some bad calls, uh, that, um, Minnesota is probably, uh, harder done by, on a few of them than Kansas City was at times, but um, I can think of a couple of specific Kansas City ones that, you know, a foul that turned into us getting a throw in. You know, it wasn't a great night, but U.S. Open Cup right. is often a time where they, uh, uh, the Open Cup gives, a, and, and Pro gives a run out to some guys who aren't getting as much time yeah. uh, in MLS. So, um, whatever. It was fine. Um, let's talk about the next Freddie Adu for the star of the game. Tell me you got somebody on Minnesota. I got, you know what, actually, it's weirdly enough, I have two, but I have one for each half. I don't think combined either of them were great, obviously, because uh, they broke up into halves. <clears throat> um, Colin Martin, for me in the, in the first half, was the only player who looked like he belonged on an MLS pitch. Um, he was the only one actually doing things, creating passes. Um, everybody else was looked lost um, and looked... Uh, like they were at best, uh, you know, a mid-table USL side. Um, so in the second, Martin kind of in the second half of that, I guess I would say it was Ibsen, who everything immediately changed when Ibsen came on the field. Um, he was running around. He was uh, literally yelling at every single player to get them in position. You could hear him, uh, like, in the stadium, Ibsen yelling at yelling at every single player, like telling him where to be, where to go. 
and then he uh, had a great um, a great pass that almost set up a goal for Minnesota shortly after the after the half had started. That at the time would have been two to one would have you know maybe put Minnesota back in the game. And then after that, of course, obviously the Greenspan stuff happened. But so Ibsen for me was the best player. He's probably the best player in the game, and he only played half of a game. So you know, go figure. It was that kind of night. It's too bad because if you're gonna lose a game. You might as well have fresh legs on the people you know are going to go against RSL. You know, you might as well get the benefit that you get out of playing backups. You know, is Ibsen going to be able to go a full 90 next week? I don't know. What have been interesting? I mean, I, I understand the logic there, and it's grass, so you're, I'm not, you're not worried so much about Ibsen anymore. But, like, you know, Ibarra hadn't had a run out in a while. Like, why not, you know, um, move some pieces around, give Ibarra a run, get, get him, get some, some fr- you know, his legs back underneath him um, from the – since he went down, so I don't know. That was just, that was it was interesting. Yeah, um, if I had to pick a star of the game, and I had to pick him on uh, Minnesota, I mean, there's a ton of people you could point to on Kansas City. Um, I wa- <laughs> this is imperfect, but I'm gonna give it to Kevin Venegas. Kevin Venegas had a really good um, opening half, uh, in my opinion. Uh, some really good, uh, I would say, blocks. Uh, a couple of really great tackles, and he did get involved offensively. He had one particularly good. Um, um, cross that was really dangerous ended up not yeah. turning into anything but um, so uh, did he look like somebody's about to set MLS on fire no but I love seeing him get a run out there and put in what I thought was a, a mostly competent performance he, he had great moments let me say that he had great moments that says if this guy uh, continues to grow and develop he could be a guy whom you can rely on to put in some minutes, whether they're spot minutes or whatever. Um, he looked a hell of a lot better than he did earlier this year. I think I think that he ended up getting the start against uh, like the Revs or yeah, something New like England. that, oh, and yeah. uh, it didn't go very well. No, he was, he was just ball chasing the whole time, mm. but uh, looked a lot more steady last night, so I was happy to see that. Um, th- that is a very relative <laughs> start of the game. Let's go with the Freddie Adu Award for the shittiest player of the game. What do you got? Um, I got, you know, Everybody else. Um, everybody. Er, everybody. Everybody else. Um, I mean, just a couple people individually-ish looked out of position the all game. I, again, you know, he was he was trying to attack sometimes, but also trying to defend. Like, kind of got to pick one, man. Um, and maybe that's the coach's fault. Maybe the coach was, you know, telling him to get, to get forward, to push, and, and he just doesn't quite understand that he needs to also track back and, and win balls. Um, uh Back in the on our side of the our third of the field, um, Greenspan he looked adrift as well before the concussion. Not you know obviously, I think again this was his first MLS star. I was I had I had slightly high hopes for him because he just with how well he had played in the USL looked like he and you know possibly it's just playing with new people for the first time and, and then of course he had the concussion earlier this year. Now he had the second concussion and got it like yeah, it was it was brutal. It looked br- very brutal when he uh, left the field, but. I mean, there's many other players who you could have given this award to, and I just pointing out those two in particular because they were cogs in the in what we tr- we're trying to do. So we should start actually giving out this award. We should start like mailing players. Just what would the what would the Freddie do shittiest player look like? It's just a picture of Freddie do. And can we get like can we get like medals with Freddie do's face on them? And then just <laughs> great. That's where all the podcast budget goes. <laughs> God damn, we spent like two thousand dollars in Freddie do medals last if year. If anybody, if anybody knows any like a, a, a like a like a ward shop, an engraver who wants to donate uh, some old medals and we'll put Freddie do's face on them, like. Hit us up, <laughs> Dave's. I know I'm at gmail.com. Yeah, we're looking for a sponsor. Yeah. Uh, for me, the the Freddie Adu of the game was no doubt Rasmus Schuler. That dude didn't look like he belonged out there, and it's been tough for me because in my mind, I've always felt like 
Well, Schuler was part of that squad in those very few early games where a lot went wrong for us for a lot of reasons. And I wish he could get a run out because I think his distribution could be really well and it could be really strong. And then every time he gets a run out, I'm just like, all right, where's it going to be? Where's that Schuler that I keep expecting? Part of me wants to say he's never been put in a position to succeed. He always gets put in positions that don't do the things that he does. That said, the dude was getting dispossessed one-on-one constantly from behind even. Uh, he, d- he doesn't have the athleticism to overcome the fact that his passes weren't going where they needed to be. Um, it was frustrating to watch him, um, and I that was it for me. That was the moment where I said, Schuler needs to head back to, uh, you know, blonde land or whatever. Yeah, he did complete a forward pass, and that was one of the, one of the running jokes was like, we were waiting and waiting and waiting for Schuler to complete a forward pass, and all of a sudden he did. And uh, Nate turned around and yelled at both both Bruce, Bruce and I. We both stood up and cheered for yeah. Rasmus Schuler completing a forward pass. That was precisely the game that he had. So he will be getting an engraved picture of Freddie Adu this week. A fr- yeah. Like a frowning Freddie well, Adu. Ma- he's not an American dude. Can you imagine if he got there? What the fuck is <laughs> that? He doesn't know who that is. <laughs> Oh, okay. We didn't include it in United News, but Freddie Adu is, uh, he's not on trial, but he's training with like the Swedish second division right now. Do you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, that was news that broke yesterday or today. Cool. Hard to call it news. I mean, it's training. I guess you can train with well, anybody. Really like How does he fucking find these people, though? He's like, 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 who is, why there? Is it, I've always wanted to go to Skandaho or where. Freddie Adu's agent must have. Uh, oh, he's got a terrible agent. <laughs> yeah, he must. Have, well, but he, does he though? Because maybe he has sex tapes of like every single <laughs> like man, manager oh. and and. Uh, and the uh, scouting director <laughs> around the world. And he's just like, listen, if you don't give him a shot, I'm going to leak this to whatever the equivalent of the uh, sun is in, uh, in Sweden. Sweet. The Swedish sun. <laughs> the Swedish sun. And uh, yeah. I'm just going to be uh, like, he's like, I'm gonna, I'll release it. And he gets blackmails these, these uh, coaches and owners and all them to, to give Freddie right. a shot. And I then guess. after three months on the team, then the coach comes up with footage of Freddie. I do fucking the coach's wife. Well, there are the, Coach just shows the agent video footage of Freddie him training. playing. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's like, like, wow, it's I like, can't. Oh God, that is yeah. very explicit. Please do not, <laughs> please do not show <laughs> that to anybody. Do not release this to the public. <laughs> um, speaking of having sex tapes, um, clearly, right. clearly, John Alboga got caught having sex with Mrs. Heath because the fact that uh, he wasn't getting the start on a backup squad out there against Kansas City. Uh, and Farrell was means, th- or I'm sorry, McLean was basically means that Alboga is done. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's any other clear indicator. I don't, I don't think that loan is getting extended this summer. No, I mean, it wasn't good for the money regardless. You don't pay that much for a backup goalkeeper, but if you needed any clear indication, him not making that is, um, that's it. So, yep. <clears throat> um, let's talk about, let's transition. Let's go into other United news, other stuff that's going on. You're always a little bit more in tune with this than I am. I'm always thinking X's and O's and you're always thinking about, uh, I don't know, what's the fucking news? Good, the Y's. <laughs> I guess. The wise. Yeah, you're thinking about the wise. So, um, first, first, I'll, I'll let you take it. You tell us the news. Okay. Um, well, good news for United. And they will be back for the game against RSL. Uh, Kevin Molino and Francisco Calvo both scored in their hex match. Um, was that Monday or was it Tuesday? Monday. Was it Monday? Okay. <clears throat> Great. Actually, uh, Francisco Calvo scored like 34 seconds into the match. And uh, Molino evened it up with like 17 minutes later. So they both scored in like the first 20 minutes that's of the match. That's what you want under your center. <clears throat> well, listen, that's, that was actually a good point that was brought up. It's like we need to get Calvo in on, in the mix. Like we've this team has been so piss poor at uh, at free kicks, at corner kicks, at spot, at, you know, that 
Kovel scored nine goals in the with Saprisa last year, and most of those are coming in off of corners and free kicks, and you know, using his head. The fact that we're not able to get that out of him is, I think, speaks a lot about the tactics of the manager and when he's setting up corner kicks and stuff. So that's just a little a little aside there. Um, good. Uh, yesterday, or yeah, it was yes, yeah, yesterday. Minnesota announced they are playing a friendly. Um, against Atlas FC of Liga uh, Emekis <clears throat> on July 15th. So you get another soccer game to go to in July, Minnesota United fans. Um, that's cool. There's like five or six home games in July, and that's... busy. What's your take on the idea of a summer friendly? Um, it made a lot more sense. Uh, between the spring and fall seasons of um, NASL because there's like a month and a half long break. True. Um, I just don't – it doesn't – if Minnesota was not home all of July um, and or they had um, – they were playing on grass and or just a lot of a lot of uh, buts and, and ands, um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have done it this year. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it next year. I just think three games in the span of basically like eight days is going to be a lot for um, Minnesota United players. So, really hope uh, you know everybody's knees hold up, including you know Ibsen's. I'm sure Ibsen won't play. I'm sure a lot of the kids will get a shot in the friendly, um, and ideally some players they bring in in the transfer window, give them a shot to start gelling. But I I just think this reeks of a cash grab by the team, and that is. A frustrating thing to me was it i mean is that not the team's right to do a cash grab i mean <laughs> clearly it's not a competitive advantage I sure, it, it yes only it, a cash grab absolutely i mean the, and and it, the ticket is included in your season t- if you have a season tickets already it, it's included it's like the very back of your uh your ticket packet says ticket tbd um so it's not like you're paying anything extra as a fan other than you know if you have to pay mm-hmm. if you pay to park you pay to, to go out beforehand or ba- babysitter right. or whatever so i mean you're not but you're not you're not if you're a season ticket, yeah. If you're a season ticket holder, if, you, if you're not, then obviously you're you're paying right. more for this game. So. Well, but owning an MLS team on a on a like a a day to day, a week to week, a month to month prospect is not a, it's not a winning prospect financially. No. Um, and again, if you if you're going to be an owner, it needs to be about asset increase. I mean, you're looking at hey, if I sell this team in ten years, the value of the team will hopefully be big enough to offset all those years of red ink, and that's the game you play, and that's fine. But I think it's okay for teams to want to stem the tide of blood red ink washing their way in the meantime. I, I, from a competitive standpoint, of course, it's frustrating, but I get it. They got to pay bills. And you know, it, it'd be it. one thing. It's, um, I mean, I understand. I appreciate the strategy that Minnesota United has done with this. Like, of course, they played Swansea a few years ago. They played uh, um, the Cherries Burnmouth uh, last year. Um, and they're playing. They played a lot of Mexican sides, whether it's the U twenty one national team. Um, they Leon. played Leon a couple times. They played. They played some other uh, in other iterations of, of of Minnesota soccer. Have played you know Mexican teams. Um, I mean, if you're gonna get a Mexican team, like get a get a, a team that's got some more clout to it. I think honestly, like Atlas is a second ran team in their in their city. Or you know they're the you know they finished near, near the bottom of the Liga MX table pretty much consistently. Maybe think it's a chance you get a win. Um, I know I appreciate that they're reaching out to. Uh, Mexican Americans and and people of Latino descent, and that's kind of what the you know what the reasoning is here. But um, I just I just don't I don't I wouldn't have done it. But that's just me, and I don't own a professional soccer franchise. So what the fuck do I know? No, that's fair. Um, we can talk about that all night. Um, what else we got? Anything good? Yeah, a couple other things. Um, so 
good news. Joe Greenspan um, was it's confirmed just suffered a concussion. Uh, he's back in concussion protocol, obviously. Um, he flew back to Minnesota today, so good on Joe. He gave us a thumbs up as he was coming off the field, so that was good. Good news. What and, if you gave a thumbs down? Can you imagine how fucking dark that would be? Yeah. Like, guys, it's like this well, is not gonna go be like, well. Well, at least he can move his his arm. <laughs> I guess that'd be a pro. Yeah. Because I mean, it was it was honestly that bad. Like in person, especially. I don't don't sure. don't know how it looked. I haven't I haven't got a chance to watch any of the replays or anything. But so that's good news. Uh, speedy recovery to Joe. Um, two more final pieces of news. Um, the ground has been rebroken on the Midway site. There's uh, bulldozers. There's porta potties. There's people walking around. That's how you know it's happening. Yeah. So and then the team announced today, and in another email announcement. I think I've gotten six emails from the team this week um, <laughs> that they are uh, the stadium transition timeline is being announced on July 10th. So that's gonna basically we're gonna give you the the timeline of now until July 10th until you know when the first match kicks off in 2019. So that's yeah. exciting. Gives them a more uh, gives them a stronger ability to sue the contractors when they don't meet dates. <laughs> exactly, right? exactly. Plus, it, you know, lets us you know know when our last games at TCF and all that will be. And then as part of that email as well, we got a notice that if you have season tickets, uh, your renewal starts on July thirteenth. So cool. Uh, if you're just finishing like your last payment in, on July first, like a lot of people are, you will be getting an email about how to renew your tickets for next year starting on July thirteenth. Um, the team did announce some sort of a, a, a idea to get people to renew earlier, to get more money in the pot in the bank earlier. Um, that if you renew between before August fifth, you actually will get one of those Itasca scarves that they can't seem to give away for thirty five dollars. So, <laughs> which you mean you mean we fucking support the earliest supporters of the club threw money hand over fist at them, and then they allowed us to uh, go after a, an overpriced scarf for our hard support and you're telling me they can't get rid of them yeah, presumably i'm it says itasca society scarf i did not say if it's a, the, a newer one or if it's the same one that they're selling right now i would presume based on the amount of itasca society scarves i see walking around again game day that they're, they're they're gonna be giving away those those scarves did you go to that itasca society event last week did you go to that no oh that's because there wasn't one there's okay. never fu- <laughs> there's never fucking been one so um, uh, you know what? They actually did the uh, thing uh, pregame a couple before the last home game. I think where they they had uh, like Manny Lagos talk and all that. You just had to sign up for. It. I got. I'm getting an email about it, but I don't remember. Uh, that. It was. It must be because I just don't even pay attention anymore. Yeah, because all the Itasca Society emails are always just like. We exist. Yeah. Ta-da. <laughs> got, like, that's it. You get six emails a week. Uh, you tend to start uh, to start blocking them out and, and only true. looking at the ones that you actually really want to care about. Oh, yeah, yeah they're, they're doing a Lucha Lucha Librador uh, night, too, where you can get a Lucha Libre mask with your, with a ticket purchase. Okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> I don't so. know when I'm going to wear that at the next <laughs> fucking bedroom well, escapade I, 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 I that I have. I can see your, your children wanting to wear that. They would. That is fair. Pretty consistently yeah. and do flying, you know, jump off the, the you know, flying turnbuckle and... All that. So oh, that's totally that's good. that's pretty much the news. That's the news. You heard it here <laughs> first or last or I don't know. Um, let's let's look ahead then. So we look backward at Kansas City. I'm ready to wash it out of my mouth. Um, everything that happened last night in Kansas City was because we were thinking ahead to this game against Real Salt Lake. We wanted to have fresh legs, our best players, let a few players kind of recover from some knocks. Um, because he and the, and the, the team in general clearly thinks it has an outshot, an outside shot of making the playoffs. And that is the goal for it. So when you think about that, think about whether it's going to have meant a damn, because we lose against rail. Salt Lake, we look pretty goddamn foolish. Can I mention, by the way, before you even jump into rail, Salt Lake, um, the hype video that United came out with, 
before the U.S. Open Cup games. Like, this is it. This is no turning back. I don't know what they say. You know, it's just that kind of stuff. Rings kind of hollow when you send that fucking team back. <laughs> you know, is it like B and C listers out there? Like, this is everything. Well, why don't you fucking try then? Why don't yeah. you send out one starter? I mean, you could have pulled uh, Emilio Estevez and then had him narrate the video, and that would have made more sense, right? Same difference. Mighty, Mighty Ducks. Um, yeah, good. That's. <laughs> I'm really glad that they. Think so we they better have a win. Shot at winning. We <laughs> better winning win against and making the playoffs. So uh, I hope it happens. Uh, so right. let's let's uh, a couple of notes before we talk into our normal things. Uh, the normal things we talk about when we preview games. First of all, um, it's worth noting that RSL also are going to be on a short week. They had a U.S. Open Cup game as well. They were run off the field by Sacramento Republic, four to one. Another shitty result for Real Salt Lake. So a couple of really wounded teams limping in, but Real Salt Lake played mostly kind of a young backup lineup, gave some young guys a run out there, only probably a couple of ostensible maybe starters in there. So Oh, um, kind of like Minnesota. Basically. So so I think we're going to see two teams with fresh legs coming in there, but two teams that are trying to over overlook really, really bad results. Yeah, can we just – point out like it was a kind of a bad night for mls and open cup it wasn't great night. like i mean cincinnati cincinnati um uh obviously sacramento um no. the uh, uh columbus crew well they lost to cincinnati um who uh there was one other uh oh, oh miami city miami beat orlando city um, yep. That one. So you apparently, know. Kyle Laren was so upset that he went out, got <laughs> drunk, got a DUI. I saw that so this morning. I he, felt uh, really bad, but I also I'm also kind of like in this day and age, uh, who how the fuck does a professional athlete get a DUI when you have money, you can hire a driver, you can hire a fucking Uber, a goddamn Uber? Because <laughs> because you don't understand when you lose a devastating U.S. Open Cup game, a tournament that you take so seriously, you drink to the point of decision As a impairment. Yeah, yeah, he's a fucking when, Canadian. Yeah, when you've grown up in Canada, loving that tournament. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, let's let's actually talk about this All game. Right. Last note before we talk about our usual stuff, uh, I want to recap RSL's last three results for you. Okay, you ready? <laughs> Go for uh, it. Three games ago in MLS play, they played Houston Dynamo and they lost five to one. Uh, after that, they played FC Dallas, lost six to two. Last night, they played Sacramento Republic, lost four to one. Uh, so, a couple of notes. Real Salt Lake is letting in a few goals these days. Uh, second note, Real Salt Lake is a hell of a lot better at home than they are on the road. That is fair. Yes, that is a that is a hundred percent correct statement. So, so let's talk about it. Who uh, RSL? Who is good? Um, well, yeah, we both mentioned Brooks Lennon. Um, I'll let you talk a little more. I I really liked him as always when he was in the uh, in the LFC uh, youth side. Um, I thought he did not really get a fair shake, mostly because he was hurt. Um, and so what, uh, obviously, uh, um, Liverpool let him go and he came back, uh, home to MLS. Um, and he looked actually really good in the U twenties too. So certainly, yeah. So it's, that's exciting for him and for Salt Lake. Um, the other one that I sort of pointed out is, uh, Albert Rusnak has had a you know fine season and he's a midfielder on the Slovakian national, the U 21 team. And I'm not sure if he's got any run out with the, with the, I don't think he's got any run outs with the, the senior team yet. Um, but he's been playing uh, up top uh, in the 4-4-2 that uh, Pecky enjoys playing. I think he scored a few goals mm-hmm. playing up as like sort of a second striker um, up there. So, you know, he's one to look out for, especially when I, cause I personally think that RSL is going to control a lot of possession this game. And, and that's I think it's probably intentional. And, uh, you know, you don't want to like let him go because he could uh, it could prove uh, prove dangerous for Minnesota. Yeah, 100 um, percent. 
Rusnak is really good. Um, like you said, he, he occupies this kind of position. He's almost like uh, what what Johan Venegas has. It's like he's not quite a number ten. He's not quite a second striker. It's, yeah, he's, he's somewhere in there. Um, and uh, and he's been successful in whatever you want to call a Real Salt Lake version of success. That's, um, yeah, that's it's qu- a, re- a relative qualified term. there. Yeah. Um, the uh, you know uh, Jao Plata earned his DP status this year. Uh, he can be dangerous. Tends to anchor the left side. Um, uh, if they play like a four uh, a four two three one or a, a four three three, he's going to be your your left side winger there, um, winger ish player. Um, so so they've they've got talent there. Obviously the the up top up top is uh, Yuri Movsisian, uh, and and Movsisian was was literally going to be a breakout star late last year. And, yeah, and it hasn't quite been that way. But that there's a lot of reasons for that, and it's not all Movsisian's fault. But uh, the talent appears up top basically with this squad which leads us into the next part who's not so good on rsl <laughs> um kind of like minnesota there's a lot of people to pick from here so um let's just talk uh, i don't really have any particular person because uh, i don't think there's any particular person that has sucked harder than anybody else but a couple of things um <clears throat> uh, beckerman um has obviously not been his best self and not had been his typical beckerman self i you clearly think there's a he's lost a step or two and like 49 uh, years old isn't he yeah and he's been carded in over half of his matches um he's gotten he's been ejected twice uh one for a, cu- a yellow accumulation for red and then a straight red card so he's actually been uh kicked out of two of the 11 games that he's played in so that's good to know um and that's what happens when your team is literally getting taken up behind the woodshed week after week so you give up a lot of fouls cuz you're chasing the ball a lot uh chasing after players that is true um and the other Kind of hooray note for Minnesota is that RSL finally passed us in goals allowed for the season uh, back in the last MLS uh, home game, <clears throat> or the last MLS game when they gave up six to uh, oh, they, uh, Dallas. They meant business, yeah. Yeah. They're like, hey, that goal, that goals allowed record? Fuck you, Minnesota. We're taking you that thing. It, yeah. um, and so that's great. Um, and they're one of only four teams, the others being DC United, LA Galaxy, and of course Minnesota, who have given up more goals at home than they've scored. So while RSL has been a lot better at home, they're only... They're only losing one to nothing as opposed to six to two. Right. They're still giving up more goals at home than they are scoring. So it gives yeah. us a shot, I think. Mike Petke had some pretty strong words for his team after that last actual MLS league uh, loss. Obviously, last night clearly worked. Of, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it was a bunch of bunch of fucking kids out there last night. But uh, yeah, he. I mean, it start, It's it's one thing when the coach starts talking about effort and uh, maintaining a place on the squad. And stuff like that. Um, you know, it's, it, sometimes they'll say, oh, we need to get a couple of guys back from injury. They gave their hearts. You know, we just got to make some tweaks. No, he's like, these people need to decide that they care. And that's pretty strong words. That is. Um, for me, uh, who stinks, it, it's definitely taking place on the back line. Uh, you know, I'll pick out, uh, for instance, Chris Wingert on the, the left-hand side there, the left band, left back position. He's he's interesting because he doesn't have the go-forward ability really anymore uh, to, to be like an overlapping, attacking kind of outside back, but nor does he have the defensive prowess to be just a absolute lockbox type defender either. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little bit out of favor on Chris Wingert. Um Kyle Beckerman, I, I mean, you mentioned with him, uh, you know, he, he certainly lost a step. And um, the problem that I see coming with, uh, and uh, this will, I guess, bleed into the uh, how does Minnesota United play him, the problem isn't always even just the, the quality of the players, but when you're going to play this kind of formation, say it's a 4-2-3-1 if you want to call it, 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 they go between a 4-4-2 and a, a 4-2-3-1. Um, so you've got a defensive midfielder in Beckerman, it's fine. 
and then you've got another midfielder next to him. Say it's a four-two-three-one, and what is that midfielder doing? They do not have a dude who's a true number eight or like a shuttler. They don't have a guy who can play both sides of the ball really well. You can play a guy like Luke Mulholland, but Luke Mulholland's a lot uh, a lot stronger defensively than I think he is going forward. You can play a guy like Sonny. Sonny's probably better going forward than he is defending, and they don't have an Ibsen who can play both sides of the ball. And and what happens is even if your back line is okay, they're going to be made to look really poor when the midfield can't disrupt the play coming into them. Uh, and if you've only got Beckerman shielding the back line and then you don't have the rest of the midfield figured out to do that, then that's a problem. Um, they don't have a lot of strength defending on the wings, and so you're gonna they're going to allow those opportunities. Yeah. And any good back line that's going to get pummeled over and over again is going to look poor. That said, they still, they still have a shitty back line. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I mean, that, that's, that's, a, that's a good point. And Yankee right <clears throat> bleeds into our next discussion. Um, but you, you, Minnesota has seen that when uh, when we lost uh, you know Cronin and when Cronin and Ibsen are, are not playing together, we've seen like that precisely yep. that precise thing. So, um, <clears throat> so how should we play him? Um, I mean, obviously everybody should everybody from the lineup should be back. Um, so we just basically you know I think we need to run out the same lineup uh, that has in great form in uh, in May. Um, I would be interested in running. Um, Delati and Ramirez back out there together. Um, however, I think uh, more likely it'll be Venegas back uh, in the lineup. But I would actually like to see um, Delati didn't look terrible in the times when he was actually getting um, he was actually getting some service last night, which was few and far between. So um, I think maybe getting him and Ramirez back <clears throat> that worked really well against Sporting Kansas City. Um, and you know, more or less, as we mentioned multiple times in the last over the last few weeks, um, Ibsen really seems to be the glue that it holds this team together. Um, having him creating, um, you know, he, like I said, he's been playing defense, tracking back. He's, he's leading the team. He's telling players where to go. Um, I think really having Ibsen out there, um, and then Cronin together, you're doing the Yelman's work in front of the defense. That's what makes the difference that creates the turnovers that get Ibarra, uh, running upfield, um, to make those, uh, cross, uh, those crosses into, into the waiting heads of, you know, Ramirez and either Venegas or Dunlady. Um, maybe uh, you know a cobble bombing forward, hopefully, um, or on a, on a on a free kick or whatever. So I kind of think that's what we need to do. I think we need to um, have be strong, strong defensive midfield, and really just to spring our to spring our um, our flanks, our, our Barras and Molinos to make those uh, scorching runs against RSL's um, piss poor back line. Yeah, um, I so one thing I would say is I, I want to return to what I think was our best lineup with caveats, but. Um, I, you know, I want to see uh, Miguel return on the left if he feels fit. I want to see Molino on the right, Christian obviously up top, and I want to see Johan Venegas as that second striker uh, kind of position. Obviously, Cronin and Ibsen, I think that that midfield duo is untouchable at this point, uh, given the, the, the roster that we have and the back line that you've come to know. Um, that, I think, is our preferred lineup. Dunlady is maybe the only person I'd confidently interchange in there. Um, so, so having done that, uh, my opinion is this two ways that I think that we can do this and both of them is kind of reactionary to the way that RSL plays uh, I want to play inside out uh, I want to now we don't have a number 10 but we do have a guy like Ibsen or who or you know if it's not Ibsen because uh, he got some minutes the other night or whomever it is um, I, I think you start building up in the midfield uh, and and having done that I think that you then can 
basically what I think is going to happen is that if you can play up the midfield because they don't have people who can control the midfield, RSL doesn't, uh, I think you can spend a lot more time on the ball in the midfield. And I also think that you can then um, you can use players, say you, you're using your wingers to uh, basically run down the pitch. I think that you're going to be able to get diagonal balls out to them, uh, especially if they play something like a 4-3-3. Three, 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 uh, three, three, I think they're going to be a little bit more narrow, and you're going to be able to get some diagonal balls out to them. Or, conversely, because their defense has been so poor, I'm expecting them to play more compact. You know, that's just a natural reaction for a defense that has sucked is to kind of bunker in. You might concede the wings, but let's bunker in in front of goal. That's how you're going to get those diagonal passes out there. If someone like Molino, for instance, is making those runs down the flank and they start to pull apart and they start to spread the back line across the field, now you've got some seams. Now you switch tactics. Now you've got your fullbacks, guy like Jerome Thiessen, who's going to be making some of those overlapping runs and allowing Molino to then cut in and hit those seams. So now it's no longer diagonal balls out wide. Now it's more through balls into a guy like Molino. So you've got options there depending on how it is. But I think that you're going to see uh, RSL's defense play compact. And I think we need to take advantage of that by sending uh, by really controlling the flanks and then reacting to whether they want to get broader in the back or stay compact. Because if they want to stay compact, shoot, we'll launch balls to Molino and borrow <laughs> down the flanks <clears throat> all day long. Yep, absolutely. So, um, what's the prediction then? We talked about uh, what to expect. Who's going to win? Um, well... Clearly, this, you know, Minnesota has shown that there's have zero depth um, and actually now have even less depth than zero, negative zero depth. Um, but um, as we both mentioned, it seems like all the main pieces are going to be there. Um, that is in that those main pieces are better for Minnesota than uh, RSL's main pieces are. And as we talked about last week, if Minnesota does not win this game, they may not win a game on the road this year. Um, so... I'm optimistically projecting a two to one Minnesota uh, victory. I think that is optimistic. I'm predi- I'm projecting a win as well. Just one to nothing. RSL is a lot better at home than they are on the road. Um, I do think their defense is going to try to play compact. I think it can keep the score low. Minnesota's no fucking great shakes on the road either. So, um, but RSL so bad. <laughs> Good lord, son. Uh, so I got a one nothing victory to Minnesota United. Our only win that we will get on the road mm-hmm. this year. You heard it here first. Oh, man. Stamp, signed, and sealed. Yeah. Ugh. All right. So, uh, <laughs> neither of us are, like, looking forward to this game. Either. It's just going to Yeah, like, no, okay. it's at 9 o'clock. It's, it's, it's a late game. It's going to be one it. of those games where I'm just like... I'm too old. Yeah, do I do I go to the bar or do I just stay at home? And it's I'm obviously going to go to the bar, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's, you know, call a spade a spade here. Um, but, yeah. Okay, let's uh, let's call some other spades. Uh, Pixar didn't happen. Let's talk about what happened last week. It was a short week, so easy to run through. Uh, let's run them down. First of all, Chicago Fire beat Atlanta United at home two to nothing, and we both saw it coming. I'm proud of that. We did, but as we've seen, I mean, Chicago has actually been on fire. Oh my weeks. God, I was I'm the pun maker. Uh, the yeah, um, but I wish we knew which fire team would show up because was actually going to show up because sometimes they will just shit the bed and. You have no really particular rhyme or reason. Um, Chicago is actually one of the best teams in, in form right now, um, especially at home. So, I mean, that was pretty – seems like a, that was now in God, hindsight did, a pretty easy why pick. Why didn't someone predict that at the beginning of the year? Yeah, I know. God, if only someone would have called that. <laughs> Shit. Um, something that nobody called. Uh, Sporting Kansas City and Montreal Impact, they tied at Kansas City one-to-one. Um, yeah, I mean, apparently Kansas City did the reverse and decided to rest their legs during the MLS Cup match, or MLS match, and you know played all their starters in the Open Cup and not the other way around. The teams normally do it. So. I just think they, th- I thought they'd, s- I think they thought they'd steamroll over Montreal. 
I probably if yeah. Line on some. Yeah. Um, Portland Timbers beat uh, FC Dallas, who all of a sudden looked very vulnerable. Yes. Uh, Portland two to nothing. Is something wrong in Dallas? I don't know. Who shot JR? Yeah, that's the only yeah. Dallas fucking thing I can think uh, of. I don't well, know anything about JFK. Who shot JFK? Yeah, <laughs> two gunmen. I don't know. This is Infowars.com. Thank Took you, a- ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Portland dragged Dallas. I'm Alex Jones. <laughs> I saw Portland hanging out there on the grassy knoll. Yeah, man. you know, da- yeah. Darlington. Uh, no, okay. I think I knew we'd find a joke. Yeah, there, there we go. go. <laughs> um, so finally, Open Cup. Uh, obviously, the, the only other game that, that we had called, Sporting Kansas City beat Minnesota United. Uh, um, what was it? Four to nothing. Four to nothing. I forgot yeah, already. Four to nothing. Which is the right reaction. Yeah. Um, and uh, sadly, I'd hate to admit it, uh, I did call that. I had called it three to nothing. It was worse than I thought. Yeah, I called a draw, but Casey would win in PKs, and uh, clearly, you know, that was not even in the cards. Um, so <laughs> my got my note here. The Lutons decided they were going to make a run at a playoff spot. Bitch, bye. Good lord, <laughs> swearing on this podcast. So let's look at the overall totals. You were one and three this week. Not very good. Uh, no surprise there. Uh, so seventy-three correct picks, ninety-four incorrect picks. Uh, I went two and two on the week. Had the better week. I made up one game on you. So I'm 71 correct picks and 96 correct picks. So you've picked 73. I've picked 71. I'm two behind you, and uh, this could be the week. That's how math works. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Smart kid over here. Uh, let's run down this uh, this coming week's uh, picks. I'm going to call them out. You tell me what you got, all right? Uh, the New York City FCs versus the Seattle Sounders. All right. Uh, City at home is a sure, a sure thing as a drunk dad at a Little League baseball game. NYCFC, 3-1. to one. You know, my dad umpired a Little League baseball game. I'm, just saying, I'm not saying the umpires. I'm saying, like, a, the just drunk dads well, hanging I'm on just that. fucking telling a story. Okay. All right. No, you, you, you just peed all over my story. Uh, I've got New York City beating the Sounders 2-1. to one, so. um, Atlanta United returns home, and they're playing Columbus Crew, who got uh, schlacked by Cincinnati. Yep. Who do you got? I say the crew have been dreadful as late, and Atlanta scores a lot of goals, especially at home. Um, I think they're averaging almost three a game. I think they get three this game and win 3-1. to one. Wow, it was actually a similar pick at Atlanta United, three to zero. Cool. Columbus, uh, I, the Columbus are always one step away from figuring it all out and being great, or one step away from the wheels coming off and being shit. Yes. Uh huh. <laughs> New England Revolution uh, at home against the Chicago Fire. Um, Fire have been sneakily good. They're sneakily the best defensive team in the last six matches. They've only allowed two goals. Um, in their Best last defense six. is good offense. Woo, woo. Yeah. Well, also not allowing goals makes you a pretty good defense too. <laughs> so, I think the f- I think that continues. I think uh, I think you know, like we said, we're you can't you were on the fire early and have sort of jumped off the bandwagon. I was never really on the bandwagon. I think the fire might actually be for real, and I think they beat uh, New England two to one. Uh, I I've got so on the road Chicago Fire still the better team but still on the road I've only got them down for a one to nothing win so go okay. Fire Woo-hoo. fair enough um yeah I'm looking at my notes so where am I uh Orlando City SC versus Montreal Impact uh the once vaunted uh, soccer specific stadium that is uh, the Orlando City Stadium is uh got a little chink in the armor I think and I think they draw Montreal one to one. Um, I am still a little bit more hopeful than that. I've got them beating Montreal one to nothing, if for no other reason than because Montreal kind of stinks. Yeah, they did get a draw in Sporting last week, so <sighs> just <laughs> moving along. Well, yeah, in uh, in Canadian goals. In Canadian. Well, just okay. forget it. Uh, ter- uh, Toronto FC against uh, DC United, the OG United. <coughs> who you got? 
Uh, the question for me is just how many goals can Toronto score in a 90-minute match? Uh, can they average like one according every... According to the rules? Can or? they average one every 10 minutes like they were doing in Minnesota for against Minnesota for a while? Um, I don't think they do that, but I think they beat DC United 5-2. to two. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, I've got Toronto FC beating DC United 2 to nothing. Uh, the best defense is a good offense, and Toronto's got one. Mm-hmm. Um, San Jose Quakes versus the Sporks, who are playing, I think, their 90th game in uh, a week or so. Yeah, uh, KC in the road plus MLS equals a point. So 1 1, uh, Sporting Kansas City, it's San Jose. I've actually got uh, the road team, Sporting Kansas City, and the Sunshine Band winning against uh, um, the Quakes 1 to nothing. Uh, Colorado Rapids and the Portland Timbers. Um, Rapids have seemingly regained their home form. Um, Timbers are kind of crap on the road, so I think Rapids win 2-1. to one. Um, I think both teams are going to be up Rapid Creek, with up, up shit Rapids without a Timber. Right? I, did I get it right? No. 1-1 one, one draw. Okay. How about that? Here we go. Uh, just say the thing. Just say the goddamn score. I'm just gonna quit. <laughs> uh, how about Real Salt Lake and Minnesota United? We already called that. Yep. I got a one nothing win for United. I got a two nothing win for the Loons. Okay. Um, Vancouver is gonna host FC Dallas in Canada. Who you got? Um, Kellens are apparently taking over the MLS. Maybe that was. I can't remember why that was such a uh, good, uh, popular name for a uh, boy uh, like 18 years ago, but apparently it was, and we got a lot of good Kellens in the in the league now. Rambling. Um, this is really good analysis. That was, that was spot on. You told on me to skip to the score, and then you yeah. bust out that well, commentary. 1-1 one, one, one draw. <laughs> um, I, uh, Vancouver is going to win because they're at home, and they're pretty good at home, and my boy Teixeira, 2-1 to one against Dallas. Um, LA Galaxy hosts the FC Dynamos. Uh, so only two teams have been worse away from home than Minnesota United, and Houston is one of them. Yep. Galaxy 2 to nothing. I've got it worse. I've got a four to one Galaxy win, Ooh. and you know I don't like the Galaxy. <laughs> you did not like the Galaxy, so that hurts. Um, finally, um, big derby question mark. Uh, Philadelphia Union host uh, the New York Red Bulls. Who do you got? Um, the Red Bulls have been really, really, really bad away from that sweet, sweet Jersey Shore. I think uh, they lose three to one to the Union on Sunday. Wow. Yeah. I got a two two draw. All right. I still can't believe in the Union. Yeah, that's fair. It'll be a long time. Um, so we got the picks, we picked the picks, we picked our nose, we picked the picks, and now let's talk about the indulge your fantasy. Do you have any fantasies, David? Uh, nothing that I'm going to divulge on this podcast that my wife listens to. What, would, would you <laughs> not want her to know your fantasies? No, but that's what happens. You guys are married. Would that you happens, you know, in the, in the boudoir. In the boudoir? <laughs> yes. Wait, why would her listening to this podcast then be the deci- I mean, if she knows, because you've already shared in the boudoir. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not sharing them with the, the tens of listeners you that we have. You don't want her to hear that you've shared the boudoir with other yes, folks. Yes, yes. I don't kiss and tell, so. Is kissing it? <laughs> so, yeah, that's my big guess. That that's, that's my big fantasies. Actually, kiss my <laughs> wife once. A kiss, a peck on the cheek. <laughs> um, so one fantasy you might have is uh, having a decent week uh, at fantasy soccer. Uh, as near as I can tell, you got. I'm trying to put my glasses on because it's so small, I can't even see it. 21 points last week. Yeah. What happened? Yep. I forgot to set my lineup, and then literally about 45 minutes after the first kick, we're at my p- folks' house celebrating birthdays, and I was like, fuck, I forgot to set my fantasy lineup. It so. was not a good week to decide no. to do that. 21 points. Yeah. Um, overall, you were at 994 in 12th place. Yeah, but uh, the week before, the when you cut to this part of the podcast out, 
Uh, I was actually up in uh, seventh place, I believe, like two points behind my wife. So and that's a lot of fun, but and that's a hell yeah, of a drop, isn't you, it? Uh, yeah, you managed to cut that out. It will, in fact, I only dropped five points, and I scored only 21 points. I got only dropped five places is, uh, is pretty good. So this is about where I was, so I think I'm okay. I'll, I'll, I'll bounce back. Well, more importantly, there's there's one particular individual who's overtaken you in the standings, um, and he got 87 points this week, and that is me, 87 human points. Uh, I'm up to 1,019. I've broken the mark there, um, probably about 20-some-odd ahead of you, and I am in 11th place. You're in 12th. I'm in 11th. Yeah. That's yeah. the only race that really matters. So that is Spen- exactly Spencer's going to get 50 bucks, okay? Yeah. Can we just stop fucking joking around? Pretty much. It's you and me. That's yeah. where it's at. Yeah, now. exactly. Uh, so and, let's d- my, and my wife. My wife wants to beat me, too. So that's Well, she's clearly going to be. <laughs> she's, that's she's that's not even a race anymore. Right now, yeah. Uh, so let's talk about who did well in the league. Hey, guess what? The brothers Demidov, Spencer Agnew, uh, topped the league again. I'm getting sick of talking about <laughs> it. Um, 89 points. Congratulations, Spencer. We love you. Um, yeah, we could take a week off. Yeah, we know. You, we can. We could like highlight other standings in the league and talk about them too if we want. Who we got the most assists? We don't even. We don't necessarily have to like talk about first, second, and third. We just until you hear that someone else is in first, like <laughs> yeah, just right. assume that who the got brothers, six? The brothers Zemanov is at first. Yeah, let's like talk about like who got sixth through eighth next week or something, or is in sixth through eighth. That'd be a hell of a, <laughs> a hell of a podcast we run. Uh, so, um, 89 points. Congratulations, Spencer. Uh, Kringo LA, Devin Reed had 88 right behind him this week with a great week. And uh, someone whom is close to you, uh, with whom you share your uh, fantasy in the the, be- the boudoir. I always called it the bedoir. The bedoir. <laughs> Look, I don't know a lot of French words. Yeah. Um, uh, plate or plata? Plate or plata. We're going with plate. That's I. I. I, I You've asked. I consulted. Yes. Consulted. Okay. Plate or plata. A lot of consultation on this podcast. Uh, 87 points there for Anna. Uh, you managed to omit this from the notes, but uh, there was a tie at 87 points, and I happen to be the one tied there. So just letting you know, I kind of tied for third place there. Good. Good for you. Yeah, uh, good for me. So uh, let's take a look at the league standings here. Um, Brothers Demidov, no one is surprised there. Spencer, 1,304 points. Congratulations. Second place. Now, this is the, this is the match that stays hot. The yes. second place match, we need to give them like five bucks. It, it is, it is, is tight, tight, tighter than uh, I'm looking at the standings. Never mind. Yeah. Um, uh, Villains SV Buzz, eleven hundred sixty-seven points. Third place Costa Rica Loon, eleven hundred sixty-three points. A four-point difference that's, that's between second and third. That's our good friend Adu who Adu, is in yeah. third place. Yes. So who's, par- who's going to a Megadeth show tomorrow? So. Or not Megadeth. He's going. He's going to the motor. Is the, he going to Maiden? The Maiden show. Yeah. I was going to say like Megadeth. Iron Maiden this time. Yeah. Is he going to Megadeth? Yeah. What yeah. the fuck is no, he doing? No. Uh, yeah. Motorhead. I said Motorhead because I was talking about going to when I went and saw Lemmy and Motorhead a few years ago. Um, but yeah, he's going to the uh, the Maiden show tomorrow. So we're talking. We're talking about. We're talking about some old rock here. Yeah. Um, my wife and I tired, exhausted, driving with the kids asleep at home, silent for about twenty minutes the other day. I was trying to break the silence, and I, I tried to come up with a joke because we were silent, and I wanted to be whatever. And so I said, and I'm going to tell this to you, okay? And I guess, you know, 10 other people now. Um, I said, you know what is the opposite of a white half-sister? I do not know. I'm Black hole son. <laughs> 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 we don't have so we don't have any questions oh. this week on the pods. Oh, that's 
I like that one. That's good. <laughs> White half sister. Um, okay, right. so why, uh, we don't have any questions this week. Nobody listens yeah, to the guys, podcast anyway. So uh, ask us get on with the questions. I know, I know. We jump, uh, we jump around. We've been jumping around because of work and life stuff. But we are, we do try to do these on Wednesday. You can always send questions anytime. Um, just tag us, and we'll make sure like, they get into the to the notes. Um, I I create the the notes here for the podcast typically every Monday. So yeah, you can email us questions anytime. Yep. You can tweet them at, tweet them at us. We are going to record next week. Um, as everybody knows, we're we're there's a game. Obviously, we did not pre- preview that game. Um, we just didn't have enough time uh, with everything. We're playing the Portland Timbers. Uh, don't let them score and score more goals than them. Yep. That's your so, analysis. So w- Wednesday night when we would usually record Wednesday night. Is when our yeah, game, g- well, game will game will be wrapping up around right around that time. So. Um, it sounds like both the Daves are going to be at the game. So come, say hey, whatever, buy us a beer if you want. Um, you don't have to, but, you know, I always enjoy a beer. <laughs> um, and we are going to f- figure out a place to record right after the game. Probably the Nomad, but we'll see, depending if they have a show or not. And so we're going to do, do a podcast right after the show, um, right after the game. You know, we'll do instant analysis of the game, pretty much, so that you'll hear probably sometime Thursday afternoon. We, uh, <laughs> no, we will be the, uh, yeah, yeah. We will be the, f- the fastest podcast to cover that game. Right? Yeah. So, um, and so you can, you know, you can email us questions, let us know, give us questions, shoot us them at Twitter at T D I K M N. Um, uh, email them at the, the days I know M N at gmail.com. Come up to the, us at the game and you know, it, it'd be helpful if you wrote your question down so that we could put it in our pocket so that we can read it later. Cause Lord knows we probably won't actually remember the question, um, but definitely you can do that as well. Um, Facebook.com, uh, 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 Dave's I Know. It's uh, apparently still under construction. It's still in the notes here, so I still read that. Um, you can also go to our website, uh, Dave's I Know.com. Um, there's almost daily content. We had a really great piece on the history of foosball yeah. um, that was written by uh, a friend of the podcast, a potential sometimes guest host. One time and then kind of <laughs> fucking flaked out one other time. Uh, Luke Craig. Um, we have the drunk, uh, drunk Uncle Collins trade column, which is great. I write European roundups. Uh, one which should be going up tomorrow, as well as the MLS uh, precaps and things like that. Um, we've got other MJ's writing a que- uh, column about uh, women in soccer, women's soccer, and all the mm-hmm. all the great stuff that women in soccer are doing. Um, Martin's got his all his team of the week stuff that he does on the podcast so definitely check out our website we got a lot of stuff there you can find me at texas seller you can find martin at offensive underscore loons you can also find us at the soccer match on wednesday absolutely so we did it yeah great stuff man and we go right, out can, and- can i go home and pass out now <laughs> you gotta be tired all right we're gonna let zeller go and pass out and never wake up again uh, we are the daves you know this is the daves i know to try and work it out because we both As you do yours, land here, become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Who the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be we, done. We, we, we do our Come thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all. Uh-huh. Nah, Say something. Yeah, just say something. Just, just say something. Say, my name is Nanny. I want to be. Say, I love soccer.
Say Minnesota United. I like soccer. Yeah. Say Minnesota black and blue. I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> Minnesota black and blue. There we go. Good job, <laughs> All right, you guys.